You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the Packer Night Podcast. I am your host and resident fanalist, as always, Ryan Schlipp. Check us out online, packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, pack underscore that So guess what today is? It's I Overslept Wednesday or whatever dumb day it is. This is becoming a regular, at least a once a week feature on the Packernet Podcast, where I am unbelievably tired. I just chugged lukewarm instant coffee i'm falling asleep sitting here and i have to cram through a 40 minute podcast in the next half hour or so and just so you know usually 40 minutes takes at least two hours so i guess we all know the drill at this point but on today's agenda fortunately i really only have one thing to talk about i just can't go uh, maybe as super in-depth There was something posted in the Facebook group, and I would reference them if I had time to look it up. Jacob, maybe? I don't know. I'll give him the credit. But it was about looking at the last several Super Bowl winners and saying, look, these guys do not have good running backs. And and, see, that's a separate question I want to answer maybe tomorrow. But maybe a, a better way of saying it is, look how little they pay their running backs. And so I said, okay. Let's do this in a different way, because what they did is look at Super Bowl winners and just said, how much did you pay your top runner? It's a great way to look at it. I wanted to look at it from a different standpoint. I wanted to go back as far as I possibly could, find every running back that got a superstar contract, which is hard to gauge, but I, I essentially what I came to, and of course I'm going to show all my homework in Patreon probably later today, so you'll get a chance to look through it. But I went back as far as I could looking at all the running back contracts. And what I realized, what's really funny is every decade there is an explosion. Every decade on the change of decade. So the first real running back explosion came in 2000. And from there it seemed like if you were at about $8 million, that was somewhat of a superstar contract. So from 2000 through 2009, $8 million or more I considered a superstar contract. And, and really, if you look at it, there's one. So, I mean, there were several years with zero. But, you know, one, two, I don't know if there were ever three, I don't think, with eight or more. Once you get to 2010, though, eight million kind of becomes normal, even including, if you look at 2020, Saquon Barkley's rookie contract crosses that threshold. So starting in 2010, the threshold becomes 10 million, and it becomes kind of the same thing. And the funny thing is, again, if you look at 2020, there's a massive amount of 10 plus million, more so than ever before. So it seems like every 10 years, and I want to do other positions some other time, hopefully today, but it'll probably take a long time. I'll probably do quarterbacks today because I really want to know. Because that's going to be the next big question. Okay, well, how many quarterbacks then? Probably not many. I'm willing to bet there's several. Several superstar quarterbacks are winning Super Bowl. But the point is, what are you getting for your money here? So I went back and looked at every, and, and the way that I did it, by the way, was I looked at the salary cap hit that year. 
partially because that's the only way I could do it, because <laughs> I couldn't find the information I wanted to find, but it also does make sense, because that's ultimately the only thing that really matters for your team. It doesn't matter if you sign somebody to a $50 billion contract if they see $4 of it. And if your salary cap hit, which is the thing that hurts your team, it's the reason you say don't sign the, the running back to that. If there was no salary cap, it wouldn't matter. I don't care. Sign Aaron Jones to a $50 million a year contract. If you got the money, pay the man. The problem is the salary cap. The problem is you're taking up a huge percentage. So in this year, here's how much you your salary cap was hit for this running back. How well did you do that year? That's what we're going to be looking at starting in, like I said, I think 2000, which is the first year I saw somebody break out with a mega contract. So that's what we're doing for today is looking at that because we're trying to make a thorough case or, or at least thoroughly explore. It's actually good that I slept in because I don't think this will take that long. Although I always say that. And have you ever slammed instant coffee? That messes you up, man. I'm confused and sad and I there's like a hint of guilt. I don't know. I don't know what's going on. It's like when you wake up and eat a pound of birthday cake. Yes, I said a pound. Like you haven't done it. I measure cake by the pound. I don't know. <laughs> I'd go to the bakery. Give me two pounds at a birthday cake. Anyways, I want to thoroughly explore this because I made the very depressing and sad case that maybe Aaron Jones shouldn't get paid. Now remember, $8 million is kind of just standard rate in the 2000s. That's not mega contract. So 2020, I don't want to say $10 million isn't massive anymore, but 8 or $9 million I think is acceptable maybe 10 because understand we're in the 15 million territory i don't know if that's like the new mega contract standard but all i'm saying is we shouldn't be doing mega contracts although i i did do uh 8 million all the way through the 2010s and even that the record isn't great but anyways that's what we're doing if in y'all wouldn't mind i've been ramping up a lot of the work that i've been doing in patreon showing a lot of my work and and doing some draft work there but most of all if you wouldn't mind supporting the podcast you can do so for as little as a dollar a month. It would be greatly appreciated. Like I said before, a dollar for me means a lot more than a dollar for you. And again, if that's not true, then please, by all means, don't give me your money. You need it more than I do. But if you can spare a little, it would be very greatly appreciated. And again, we're, we're trying, I'm trying very hard to forge ahead to get to 100 patrons this month with the goal of being able to let somebody design their own shirt because I think that would be kind of cool. And then, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll send the shirt out to you. But anyways, think it over. Consult your financial planner. See if it's in your plans. See if you can still retire if you offer up that buck. Talk to your spouse. Make sure they're cool with it. Do not give me money without talking to your spouse. I promise you that's a bad idea. Yes, even for a dollar. Otherwise, make sure you're in the Packernet Podcast Facebook group. Make sure you like the Packernet Podcast Facebook page. What else? Um, subscribe on Spotify. Leave a five-star iTunes review. Let's take a break so I can take a nap. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. 
Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. If you're having a hard time getting rested these days, perhaps it means you need to get away for a bit. And I'm curious, have you ever considered Arizona? I don't know if you know this or not, but at the end of February, they got a thing called the Cactus League Spring Training where you got 15 baseball teams all congregating to the Phoenix area where there are 10 baseball stadiums awaiting your personal arrival. A place of joy, relaxation, and a good amount of warmth. Also comfortable beds, I'm assuming. I'm assuming there are at least a handful of comfortable beds for you to sleep on and get rested. Then you take all that newfound energy and you have the benefit of exploring Arizona. It just dawned on me right now. I had I literally had a dream last night about Arizona. This is what this is what's happening to me. This is how bad I need that. My body is telling me, dude, you've been talking about it. We're going now. But you can wake up and you can hit the trails and go expend a ton of energy and be active. Or you can literally just sit around, eat, watch baseball, eat, sleep, and eat. Maybe watch baseball as you doze off to sleep. It's entirely up to you. Either way, I would recommend you plan your spring training getaway at visitarizona.com slash spring training. All right, let us delve in in the half hour that I have left. I'm so annoyed with life. I want to say myself, but I just couldn't bring myself to say it. Just blame life for all my problems. All right, so there's on this Excel sheet, if you're a patron, patron, at some point you'll be able to see this. But essentially there are going to be three sheets. The first one is going to be sort of the, well, it's called master. So there you go. It's the master sheet. And there are 54 running backs with contracts starting in, two th- or excuse me, it does start in 2001 through 2020. Obviously, we don't have any data on that yet. But I want to just kind of run through this and kind of give you a background of what it is that I found and discovered. All right, let's do that first and foremost. So, you know, again, I don't know exactly what would be considered a... Uh, ginormous contract all the way back in time and I didn't have the ability to go back into the 70s nor did I care to but I at least noticed that around the mid 90s or whatever two three maybe four million was about what guys were getting I'm talking Emmett Smith and Barry Sanders cap hits two million bucks was pretty standard and then all the sudden so we're talking 96 97 98 99 2000 we're looking at two three four million bucks just standard operating procedure Suddenly, a man by the name of Curtis Martin with the New York Jets gets an $8.4 million contract. And that was the first that I noticed, that explosion, that big mega contract. From there, it just kept on going. 2002, Curtis Martin again hits the $8 million mark, but Emmett Smith cracks $10.3 million, which is another thing that surprised me. I would have thought if you get back to about 2013, 2012-ish, you get back just a handful of years, there's no more $10 million contracts for running back. Right? I mean, it's just, it just going to keep getting lower and lower. 2002 was the first time you got $10 million at with Emmett Smith. Even today, Ezekiel Elliott uh, in 2020, you know what his cap hit is going to be? $10.9 million. It's, it's almost the same that Emmett Smith's was in 2002. So it's really weird that it's almost stagnated. I mean, you got some much bigger contracts than that, but it's, it's shocking. We're talking almost 20 years ago. But anyways... Um, after that, 2003 and 2004, nothing. Nobody, not Emmett, not Curtis Martin, nobody cracked the $8 million mark. 
2005, LaDainian Tomlinson and Edger and James with the Colts. 2006, the Cardinals pay Edger and James 9.5. Nothing in 2007, nothing in 2008. And then in 2009, you get Reggie Bush, $10.59 million. 2010, you get your first year with three guys cracking it. And again, 2010, there's sort of that breakout. Not only are there three, but two of them crack $10 million. Clinton Portis with the Redskins, Steven Jackson in 2010 with the Rams getting $8 million, Reggie Bush getting $12 million. The other interesting thing as we go through this, you're going to realize, before I even give you the numbers, this probably isn't great. You start hearing some of these names, you realize that these are some mega contracts, and it's like, you've got to be kidding me. 2011, Steven Jackson with the Rams. Adrian Peterson with the Vikings cracks $12.7 million. First time we've cracked 12. C.J. Spiller with the Bills. Darren McFadden with the Raiders. So that was four in 2011. In 2012 now, we got a bunch. Darren McFadden, Chris Johnson, Steven Jackson with the Rams, D'Angelo Williams with the Panthers, uh, Adrian Peterson with the Vikings, and Arian Foster with the Texans. Now understand, we're still using the $8 million all the way through. I'm giving you the full master list. Everybody since 2001 over $8 million, well, since forever with over $8 million because it didn't happen prior to 2001. And we'll refine this as we go along, but I just want to use $8 million as the baseline and just show you how many, once you hit 2010, how there's just an explosion. 2013, Arian Foster with the Texans, Darren McFadden, Adrian Peterson, Chris Johnson, Marshawn Lynch. In 2014, Adrian Peterson, Arian Foster, Jamal Charles, LaShawn McCoy, Marshawn Lynch. Now, these are good running backs, but also think of the teams. 2015, Matt Forte, Arian Foster, Marshawn Lynch. Adrian Peterson cracked $15 million in 2015, something that we have not seen until this year. Jonathan Stewart, and then in 2016, Jonathan Stewart, Adrian Peterson, Starting to die off a little bit. Adrian Peterson was the only one over $10 million in 2016. 2017, again kind of low. LaShawn McCoy and Le'Veon Bell are the only two. 2018, LaShawn McCoy is the only back, and he's at $8 million, so he doesn't even meet that standard, the, the newer and improved 2010-plus standard. In 2019, Le'Veon Bell and, and Gurley, neither of them is over $10 million. They're both over eight. So you kind of have this regression, right? Suddenly nobody's paying running backs. And then 2020 hits, you've got Todd Gurley at $17 million is his cap hit this year. Le'Veon Bell on the Jets, who's probably going to get traded, but still cap numbers at $15.5 million. And then you've got Leonard Fournette at eight, Saquon Barkley at eight, Devontae Freeman at nine, and Ezekiel Elliott at 11. Now, with the $8 million standard, just so we know, what I did is I, and again, this is all on the sheet, you'll be able to see it, I have Super Bowl. So if you didn't go, it just says N.A. If you went, there's going to be an L or a W. You either lost or you won. Playoffs, N.A. or yes. Playoff wins, 0, 1, 2, 3, and Super Bowl is included in that. Then I have what place you were in in the division, your team, that year, and your win-loss record. So with this group of, of uh, let's see, 53, it looks like, because it's... No, 54 running backs paid over $8 million. On average, teams were third in the division with a record of 8-8. Eight and eight. There were two Super Bowl wins, which again, when we refine this, you know, whatever. But there were two Super Bowl wins. That was the 2009 Saints with Reggie Bush and the 2013 Seahawks with Marshawn Lynch. Only seven teams out of these 54 teams won playoff games with only 15 of them even going to the playoffs. Although, remember, it's so let's let's call it actually 42, because some of these are the 2020 folks, or 46. 
trying to do math here. So 15 out of 46 went to the playoffs. The rest all missed the playoffs. And again, on average, teams were third in the division and went 8-8. Eight and eight. And that's with the broad brush. Some of these don't even get mega contracts. So let's refine this and look at just players who were 8-10 to 10 through 2009 and then 10-plus beyond that. With that, we have... Going in order, Curtis Martin, Emmett Smith, Curtis Martin, LaDainian Tomlinson, Edger and James twice, Reggie Bush, Clinton Portis, Reggie Bush, AP, Darren McFadden, Chris Johnson, Adrian Peterson, Adrian Peterson, Chris Johnson, Adrian Peterson, Adrian Peterson, Adrian Peterson, Le'Veon Bell, Deshaun McCoy. So Adrian Peterson makes up about half of this list. Again, on average, teams with mega contracts, third in the division, 8-8 eight and eight is the record on average. We've got 20 running backs that have gotten mega contracts in the last 20 years. We are down to only one Super Bowl because LaShawn McCoy was not getting a mega contract. He was at $8 million that year. We have nine, so about half of these teams did go to the playoff. However, only two teams won playoff games. The 2009 Saints, who won the Super Bowl that year, and the 2002 Jets. Two teams in the last 20 years who paid mega contracts to running backs have won playoff games. And again, the average record is 8-8. Eight and eight. However, Seven teams were 10 wins or more. Five teams had at least 11 wins. Three teams had 13 wins. One team, the 2005 Colts, was 14-2. and two. They lost their first game in the playoffs. But I want to refine this a little bit further because some of these guys were not exactly key players on their own team, whether through injury or just not being that great. So, for example, we got to remove Adrian Peterson in 2016 and 2014 because he was injured. So you have $12 million Adrian Peterson in 2016, $12.3 million Adrian Peterson, which obviously this is another reason not to pay mega contracts because you've got one, two, three, four, five, six of the 20. About one in four aren't even your top running backs in the year in which you're paying superstar money in that year. That's a pretty terrible ratio. Then you go back to 2011 with Darren McFadden. He was not the number one running back in 2011. Michael Bush, 256 attempts, 977 yards. Darren McFadden, 113, 614 yards, four touchdowns. That's it. Now, he was arguably the better back. 5.4 yards per attempt. Michael Bush only had 3.8. But regardless, in 2011, they were paying Darren McFadden $10.8 million to be the number two running back. And no, it's not because he was a receiving back. Darren McFadden had 19 receptions. Michael Bush had 37. He was 7th on the list of receptions on this team. Actually tied for 7th with Jacoby Ford, a wide receiver. And then you had Clinton Portis in 2010, who only played 5 games that year. He ended up rushing the 3rd most behind Ryan Terrain and Keelan Williams. I forgot about Ryan Terrain. Clinton Portis ended this year with uh, 5 games... 54 attempts, 227 yards, and two touchdowns. He made 10 point, basically $10.7 million in 2010. And then you've got the ultimate, the absolute ultimate in this is trash, and it wipes out the only Super Bowl victory left, and that is Reggie Bush in 2009 and 2010. Reggie Bush got a lot of money, and this was a very good Saints team. And so you could point to this and say, hey, looks like it worked out pretty well. In 2009, Reggie Bush was third, not because of injury. He played in 14 games. Pierre Thomas played in 14 games. Mike Bell played in 13 games. He was third on the list of running back. Mike Bell had 172 attempts. Pierre Thomas had 147. Reggie Bush had 70. He had half the amount of attempts rushing as the number two had. 
Yes, he did have more receptions, but not by a lot. Pierre Thomas had 39 receptions. Reggie Bush had 47. We're talking about eight more receptions for only 30 more yards. Compare that to 390 yards compared to 793 yards. Pierre Thomas was by far the more productive back. Even Mike Bell in total yards blew Reggie Bush out of the water. So Reggie Bush was the number three running back on this team getting $10-plus million. The same is true of Reggie Bush the next year in 2010, except this time he was fifth behind Chris Ivory, number one, Pierre Thomas, Julius Jones, and Liddell Betts. The next person on this list of rushes was Drew Brees. Reggie Bush ran the ball 36 times in eight games. Well, he only played eight games. Okay, so did Liddell Betts. He still had more carries. In fact, Liddell Betts played in eight games and only started once and had 45 carries. Reggie Bush was in eight games, started six, and had 36 carries. Both had exactly 150 yards. Julius Jones ran for 193 yards. Pierre Thomas ran for 269 yards. And Chris Ivory ran for 716 yards. They weren't even going to pretend Reggie Bush was the top back. So this was a disaster. And of course, I'm not going to count him on this list. So if we refine this down one final time, you have to be the top back on your team and actually be playing that year. Of all these massive contracts, only 14 made the final cut. And guess what? Still averages out to third in the division with an 8-8 eight and eight record. That's still the average. We've got Adrian Peterson on here four times. we got Chris Johnson twice, Le'Veon Bell, Curtis Martin twice, Emmett Smith, Edron James, LaDainian Tomlinson, Edron James, and then LaShawn McCoy. That's the full list of giant contracts that played that year as the number one backs. Combined, there are zero Super Bowl wins. Never once has a giant running back contract translated to a giant running back helping us win a Super Bowl. Never once. Now, still about half the time, we've got seven of the 14, so exactly half, they did make it to the playoffs. The 2012 Vikings, the 2015 Vikings, the 2017 Steelers, the 2001 and 2 Jets, 2005 Colts, and 2017 Bills. But only the 2002 Jets won their playoff game. Every other team lost. There's only one playoff win of any of these superstar running backs. One playoff win. And obviously no Super Bowls, because that's not how that works. Not one of these teams has ever even been to a Super Bowl. Only the 2015 Vikings, 2017 Steelers, 2002 Jets, and 2005 Colts ended first in their division. And the 2002 Jets, by the oh, and by the and here's the thing, here's the real kicker. That one playoff win was the 2002 Jets. They were a 9-7 team, first in the division. So this is a garbage team in a garbage division who limped into the playoffs at 9-7. and seven. Their one win came, I think, against the Colts, who were a 10-win team, so another kind of team. They go on to play, I think, the Oakland Raiders, and they get beat 30-10, to 10, I'm pretty sure is the final score. This wasn't even that good of a team, and they got absolutely annihilated when they went up against an actual good team. Five of these teams had 10-plus wins, 2012 Vikings, uh, 2001 Jets. The 2015 Vikings had 11 wins. The 2017 Steelers had 13 wins, and the 2005 Colts with Edger and James had 14 wins. Now, I would say it's fairly clear, for at least some of these teams, these guys definitely helped out. No question Adrian Peterson was a big help for the Vikings getting them to where they were, but it obviously never got them over the hump. Le'Veon Bell and the Steelers was a massive part of that offense, but only got them to the playoffs that one time once he had a big contract hit. And they didn't go anywhere, right? It's not enough to get them over the hump. And so the point is, at the very least, 
we can say that there is zero correlation between paying big money to a a running back and getting to the playoffs. Well, that, about half the teams do get to the playoffs, but winning in the playoffs is where it completely drops off. Half the teams get to the playoffs. Almost all of them lose that first game in the playoffs. And depending on how you want to look at it, if you want to count Reggie Bush, because, hey, they still paid a superstar and won. If you want to count the $8 million, you can look at Marshawn Lynch. Obviously another guy that was a big part of that, but that was only $8 million. If you want to still call that, fine. There's your Super Bowl win. But the the biggest reason that this matters, as I think I said, is that this is a zero-sum game when you look at the salary cap because what we're talking about is lost opportunity cost. If you're paying Adrian Peterson $12.7 million and your rivals are paying their running backs $700,000, let us call it $2 million compared to $12 million, what can a team do with $10 million? can do a lot of stuff with $10 bucks, And so it's hard to go back and see why it would be a bad thing. You look at it, it's like, dude, Le'Veon Bell was huge. Of course, it's not a bad thing that they paid him. It's not a bad thing the Vikings paid Adrian Peterson. But the thing is, we can't go back and look at what would have happened if they just said no. We don't know. What if every single one of these teams said, I'm not giving you this mega contract, including the guys that we cut out, or especially the guys we cut out, would be even more of a benefit if you look at the years Adrian Peterson was hurt or Clinton Portis was hurt. Or my goodness, how much better the, the Saints would have been if they never paid Reggie Bush that ridiculous amount of money who to, to be their third slash fifth best running back. What if the Saints would have went out and used that money to bolster their defense, which was the the biggest issue they had over the years? Always had a great offense, never had a good defense. Think of the things the Vikings could have done. It's not like they didn't have needs over the years. Of course they did. Adrian Peterson was the whole team for a long time and obviously didn't get him very far. So I'm definitely not trying to make the case that having a great running back is a bad thing. But what I, the only thing I can say from this is that paying superstar money has never panned out. And granted, you know, if you think about the fact that there's 32 teams, only one team is going to win the Super Bowl, and on average about one team is paying superstar money, it kind of makes sense that you wouldn't have a lot of Super Bowl wins. But let's also remember, on average, third in the division, 8-8 eight and eight is your final record. I'd be willing to bet if we look at superstar quarterback contracts, and we will, you're not going to see third in the division and 8-8 eight and eight is your average record. Maybe I'm wrong, and if I am wrong, then this maybe was just a giant waste of time. But let's also look at the mega contracts for this year. Todd Gurley and the Rams. Do you think that they want to pay? Do you think Todd Gurley is worth $17.25 million? Zero chance. Le'Veon Bell is worth 15.5 and nobody even wants him. And then David Johnson, who literally had one good year in his entire career, is getting paid $14.25 million. He had one year of being the number one running back in football. He's never done that since. He's been irrelevant ever since. $14.25 million. None of these teams are going to go anywhere. Maybe Le'Veon Bell, depending on where he ends up, but, you know, whatever. If the Chiefs scrape up enough money to go pay Le'Veon Bell, he's got a shot. But the point is, it's not because of Le'Veon Bell. It's because of the team that he's on. Right? Same with Reggie Bush. Yeah, they won a Super Bowl, but it wasn't because of him. The, the, the best case you could make is probably Marshawn Lynch, as far as being a transformational running back that, that made it what it is. Keeping Russell Wilson out of that equation and the Legion of Boom, give me a break. I mean, I'd be willing to bet if you can go back in time, um, Marshawn Lynch doesn't make... How high on that list would he be compared to Earl Thomas, compared to Richard Sherman, compared to Russell Wilson, compared to even Bobby Wagner? I mean, so many people key on that defense, the, the pass rushers. 
Oh my goodness, there's so many key people on that defense. I don't think Marshawn Lynch, may, he definitely doesn't make the top five in terms of most important people. You could probably find nine people to put in front of him to barely, you know, possibly push him out of the top ten. So again, the, the, the biggest reason that I'm doing this is when we look at Aaron Jones and we talk about should we pay the man a ton of money, and, and the thing is nobody's even talking about it. The, the biggest thing is it's a foregone conclusion he's about to get paid. Maybe not this year. Maybe he doesn't get an extension this year. Like I said, we possibly could extend him. And depending on the price, you know, again, $8 million isn't superstar money anymore. I don't know if it's worth it. It might still be a bad decision. You look at Devontae Freeman getting 9.5. I feel like that's a waste of money. You look at Leonard Fournette getting 8.6. Is that super going to work out, you think? Saquon, maybe, maybe with his rookie contract at 8.5. I don't know. But... it's also somewhat of a, a let's get prepared for the possibility that he walked. I don't think so because the Packers are very good at retaining their guys, but when was the last time they had a super superstar running back or a linebacker or one of those positions that you just don't pay? We know they don't pay linebackers. We don't know what they do with superstar running backs because we haven't had one. Outside of Eddie Lacy, who had the potential of being one, he got cut because he kind of he couldn't keep his weight down. He couldn't meet the standards. He was having issues trying to stay up to what he needed to do. He was always slow getting off the out of the gate in the beginning of the season. Took him a few weeks to get going. But were they ever going to repay the guy? I don't know. We haven't seen it. I don't. I have no idea if Brian Gutekunst has any intention of ever paying a running back $10 bucks. And if the answer is no, point is, there's a pretty good case to be made that that's the right decision. Don't do that. And again, it's not a knock on the running back. It's the opportunity cost. Think how far $10 million goes when you're looking at, at say, cornerback even wide receiver. And again, I want to go through a lot of other positions. I think I'm going to do this a little bit differently. I won't spoil it, but I want to be able to look at each of the, well, I don't know. We'll see what happens. But anyways, as I said, short episode, I got to get going. It's a one breaker today, but it was pretty definitive. I didn't expect it to be this conclusive. I thought there'd be several big teams just, just by mistake, just because there happened to be a running back kind of on the roster. But I mean, the, the evidence is very, very clear teams that pay a lot of money and and this could be cart before the horse right maybe teams that pay big money like this are not very good teams maybe it's teams that have a bunch of money in salary cap that feel that they can afford it why do they have a bunch of money in salary cap because they're bad teams with no players to pay i know that's not the case for all these teams I, i i don't know i don't know the exact reason but that's not the point of this Point is, it doesn't super pan out and i can tell you right now that rams paying 17.2 you're watching a team completely fall apart, having salary cap issues, needs all the resources that they can get to tear this down and rebuild it, and you got $17 million tied up in a running back. That is the worst decision. But it's exactly the kind of thing where a team looks at it and says, we can't, not, we can't let Todd Gurley walk. That's insane. That's ridiculous. We can't let him walk. And because they could not get it around their head, they couldn't get their head around it, or it around their head, or however you want to look at it, they're now on the hook for $17 million. That is a travesty. Got to be able to do the hard things and say, I'm sorry we're not paying you that. You're going to have to seek employment elsewhere. Find someone else that will pay you, and some other sucker will. But let teams like the Browns do that. Let teams like the Jets pay Le'Veon Bell $15 million. Let them dish out the money and go nowhere like they've been doing for years. Don't you be that team. It's ridiculous, and I don't want the Packers to be that team. I don't want Aaron Jones getting $15 million. That's insanity. If the Packers are even contemplating it, I want them to draft a running back this year. I would rather we spend draft capital in the first or second round than spend $15 million on Aaron Jones. No way. I love Aaron Jones. 
But I love $15 million a little more. And again, look at look at the 49ers. How, how are the 49ers getting by? Do you, is it because they pay tons of money? to? No, it doesn't matter who they put in. They've got the scheme. They invest in offensive line. They train up this offensive line. They have this thing working like a well-oiled machine. And anybody they stick back there does really well. It doesn't matter who they put back there. They're efficient. And it really doesn't. If, if you're talking about one guy gets four and a half yards per carry, the other one's getting six, does it really matter? Are you really willing to pay all that much more for the guy getting six yards per carry? Four and a half is plenty. You're going to be fine if you've got a running back gashing people for four and a half yards of carry in every single game. And if you can get that consistently from scrubs you pick up off the street, which is ideal, by the way, then, that, then that's what you do. Do like the Patriots. Go get some guys that nobody wants that are washed up that fit your scheme that, that's able to just fill a role. You're the goal line guy. You're the catching passes guy. You're the first and ten guy. Those are your roles. You go out when it's your time. And you're each going to get uh, about a million bucks a piece. Sound good? All right, great, thanks. That's just that's just how it's done. And again, go in the Facebook group and you can see the other end of this, which is Super Bowl winners, how much are they paying out their guys? They're paying them nothing. They're getting scraps compared to this $10, $12, 15000000 million nonsense. And then the thing is, here's the other side of it. Go look at those teams. Go look at the Patriots and how much they were paying their... Um, their running backs, and then look at their salary cap and say, okay, let's bump up this running back to $15 million. Who are we cutting? Look at these big contracts they paid out. How many of these big contracts would they have not been able to pay out because of this running back? How many guys that helped them win a Super Bowl would have been cut? These are the invisible things you can't see. So it's easy to look back and say, it would have been ridiculous to get rid of Le'Veon Bell back then. It would have been ridiculous to not pay Adrian Peters because you can't see all the guys they didn't sign because of Adrian Peterson. You, you don't see all the guys that got cut because of Adrian Peterson. Adrian Peterson was a freak. He's still decent. But we can't see the lost opportunity and the quality of players and the free agents and the guys that would have gotten re-signed, the quarterbacks they could have picked up, if not for Adrian Peterson. We can't see that. And I don't want to see it as a Packer fan. I don't want to see guys getting cut for Aaron Jones. I don't want to see great free agents walk because we got to pay Aaron Jones. And again, we can pay him, but not 10 plus. If he gets 8, all right, whatever, fine. If he gets 13, I'm going to cry a little bit. So anyways, I'm, I'm talking in circles. You get the point. You folks have yourselves a fantastic whatever day it is. Talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one. Bye-bye.